So what do you do to reach the next generation? Last time on Life Talks, we talked about the characteristics of Gen Z. And today we're going to go a little bit further, and that is, what do you do now that you know who they are? And uh, this is this is built off of a talk that Dan gave our, our men's uh, coffee on Saturday morning. And uh, we're just going to dig down a little bit deeper into some of the applications of this. Dan... You're Dan. I'm Ben. We're teaching pastors at. Yes, I am. You are Dan. Uh, I sometimes I forget to introduce us. Yeah, that happens. And I, I, I just I feel really bad because um, I know you have a following on Facebook and they love this. <laughs> yes. And I'm deeply offended anytime I've forgotten. <laughs> um, but you know, I thought you did a great job of explaining who this generation is, and and it's interesting because when you went through this, when you brought this, I just remember thinking about my own kids. I was thinking about the, the the friends that they grow up, and I just see this, like you have nailed this. And so, but but I think a lot of times people might hear about what we just talked about last time. And just to review, you gave some characteristics. They were born in a post 9-11 world. They're, they're digitally overconnected and skilled, digital natives. Uh, number three, they're ridden with mental health concerns. Number four, they're impacted heavily by COVID. Number five, they actively question authority of all kinds. Number six, comfortable with duplicity or dualism. Number seven, their spiritual, therapeutic, moral deists is their predominant worldview and uh, religion, I guess you could say. Number eight, they're very entrepreneurial. Nine, they have blurry values. And 10, they're frightened by the future. And and my bonus from number 11 was they're overparented and they're a bit overprotected. Overprotected, overparented. And so with that said, I don't you think there's some people that hear that and like, oh man, we are... <laughs> We're done. Stick stick a fork in this generation, right? Yeah. Because this feel that feels so foreign. So, you know what what's the hope? I know we're going to get into some specifics, but what would you what would you just say up front to give the older generation, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever, teachers, just a sense of hope that don't be frightened by these things. Yeah, you know what? As long as there's been kids and generations, there's been this feeling. I mean, you can go back and read some of the writings of Socrates. And then one of the <laughs> things he said is, today's kids are rebellious and refuse to learn and they they have bad table manners. Yeah. And so this has always been. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's an irritation. I'm sure when the boomer generation was rising up, they'd be like, this is, these these kids are the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So every, I think what that's good contextual understanding that every time your two generations are removed from someone, you're going to look at them and be like, what's wrong with them? Yeah, the world's going to hell in they, a hand They basket. are just so weird and they're <laughs> so different than us. And that's, that's we're always creatures of the next, you know, of the environment, of culture. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there are going to be things that are, um, that are different. But at the same time, we also know this, that human nature in itself is pretty, pretty much the same, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're sinners. We are... We're selfish. Bent toward evil. Bent yeah. towards evil. And and yet at the same time, we have the image of God inside of us. So therefore, there's this idea that 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 uh, there's a possibility of God awakening this and renewing our hearts, new creation. So you have the the power of God. You have this image of God in man. Um, you have you know a sin nature. You have all these things working together. I think we have to remember to bring in the biblical understanding of, of our anthropology of humanity and not to get too high or too low. Too, too pessimistic, too optimistic, and understand that, you know, God is the one who works to change lives, yep. 100%. Yep. So let's go, you you wrote, don't, you gave us five things. Yeah, I want to actually do one that's further down the list first, because this okay. kind of frames it, and I should have done this the other day. The, the first thing I want to say is, is Generation Z, they are not millennials, 
don't lump them in with them. Mm. It ticks them off, first of all, yeah. because they don't want to be, they're, they're way different than millennials. Mm. And um, it also shows ignorance on our part. Yeah, uh, because we haven't taken the time to learn the, the differences between them. So there is a generational shift. You know, your generation is the forgotten generation. Gen Xers, man. Gen Xers. Nobody talks about them. Right? We're they just, talk about boomers. We're just, we're just cynical. Well, we're forgotten. The, the, actually, there's another generation between Gen X and between boomers, and and that is the Busters. The, mm. uh, they called them baby Busters, which started in 1964 and ran up to the beginning of the of the Generation X. Uh, but, uh, you know, and those things morph over, yeah. over, over time. But the, the reality is, um, there are a lot of values that are important to generation Z that are not to, to millennials. And so what we end up doing is we sound, we, we reduce our effectiveness by, nobody likes to be lumped in. They don't like to be pigeonholed. Now, you millennials are all the same, you know? Okay, no, because they're not millennials, first of all, and they don't want to be called millennials. Yeah. The the other thing is, like, millennials, an example I used, I think, Saturday was in church. Millennials were the ones that brought into worship uh, a more upbeat performance style mm-hmm. of praise and worship. It's very expressive. It's loud. It's lights. It's a dark room. It's all... And, think, think Hillsong, think... Uh, you know, Jesus culture, like that is yeah. elevation. That That is like a millennial, you know, most millennials are very attracted to that kind of expression of worship. Yeah. And it came a little bit with Generation yeah. X, but yeah. it, it, it hit its peak in yes. the millennials. Um, Generation Z do not like that. They, no, they, they don't. don't. They like mystery. They like order. They like substance. Mm-hmm. They prefer hymns. And I think was it you that used the illustration? Yeah, I used him, I, I used an illustration that my son and his friends they were talking, and his one friend drove forty five minutes to go to a you know an old church where they had hymnals because mm-hmm. he wanted to hold a hymnal, and it was just like, really? I mean, it's just kind of like th- these are things that for for you and I were like, get rid of the hymnals, put the voice in. The, in this younger mm-hmm. generation is like, I want to go to this ancient church that had hymns, and you're like. Yeah. Hold a sacred book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just so they're so different, you know. Yeah, but again, think about the difference. Millennials still carried their Bibles to church. Millennials, on a at least knew what a hymnal was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't a foreign concept. Most churches before they threw out the hymnals at least had them there. They didn't use them. <laughs> they were still in the pew, right? But they put the words on the screens. Today, you you don't even see a hymnal. We don't even mm-hmm. own hymnals at our church, um, and and. Probably eighty percent of the people use a uh, an electronic Bible of some sort. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I look at my my sons go to a Christian college and their worship set is very much like like millennials. It's a very millennial type, and so you know they got the you know big band and you know the sing Hillsong songs. And my boys hate it. Hmm. They absolutely hate it. They're like, I just want a piano and to sing some songs. Yeah. And it's just it's it's interesting. It's we've gone full circle because that's what my grandparents. My grandparents used to think like that. So it's funny to me how we've kind of full evolution. We've done this and now they're like, we want something ancient. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's both an opportunity <clears throat> and I think it also is a kind of a wake-up call. Also, our culture changes a lot slower sometimes. Mm. Um, and, and what happens is they go on now a search for something that meets their needs, which I'm not for, but that's the reality. Mm. And so, you know, they will give birth to a new wave of either change within the church or growth of new congregations outside the church. And that's what happens every generation. What happens is if they can't worship Jesus the way they want to worship, they will start their own congregations. That's exactly what And I think you'll probably see a wave of that before too long. Yeah. 
All right. Another thing is this. Generation Z, they ask a ton of questions, and we got to be okay with that. Mm. All right? And and when you realize that they are they're, – they're questioning things that polite people normally did not question out loud. Everybody <laughs> has these questions that are between their ears. Yeah. Generation Z ask them out loud. Yes. You know? And, and they do so with with a, you know, sometimes a little sarcasm or a, well, what about this? That can be a little off-putting. Um, you have to be the grown-up in the room if you're working with them. And sometimes you have to have self-control where you don't respond to yeah. the question or the way it was asked or the tone in which it was delivered. Yeah, because we would think that it's dis- disrespectful it's to do It's either disrespectful or inappropriate. And they or, might even be disrespectful, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and things that they respect are different than, you know, they don't respect age. They, 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 no. they don't, they, they like older people. Yeah. Maybe perhaps as a novelty. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, they, they, I, you said they, Gen Z asks a lot of questions. I think I would also add, and they question everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I see in, in, in my kids' generation and talking with some of them and just my engagement, like they, they almost view the, um, the conspiracy theorists like as as equally as uh, authoritative as the the traditional news outlets, mm-hmm. right? Like they would say, well, you can't trust them because they're so you know ABC, NBC. Like I don't trust them. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're so well established. I'd rather listen to Joe Schmo over here with his you know you know his twelve minute old news station. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they just don't. They question everything, yeah. and I, I just think it's interesting how they. Uh, that they, that's how they do it. So on our part, while they're questioning everything like that, we've got to figure out how to respond to those questions in a way that they will listen to. That's the tricky mm. part. And you've got to be building bridges to them constantly across which you will give them information they need to consider in a way that they will consider it. Because if you do it with condescension or aggravation, they don't hear a word you say. And, you know, some of the things that I have found effective may sound manipulative, but they're not because they represent a genuine desire on my part to hear from them and for them to listen to me. Mm. So often when they ask a question and in me, it raises a little bit of irritation, I hold myself accountable by saying, I'm glad that you asked that question. You know, honestly, it makes me a little uncomfortable to hear it, mm-hmm. but thank you for having the courage to ask it. Mm-hmm. So I've acknowledged, wow, that was a, I didn't see that one coming. Um, but it also, now that I've affirmed them through how I responded to it, they're more likely to listen. Mm. That's human nature. That's right. If you feel disrespected, and I hate that term because we've turned it into a verb <laughs> and and that's grammatically <laughs> just drives me nuts. But if you feel like someone is talking to you disrespectfully, yeah. there we go. Um, you're you, you're going to shut shut it down. Yeah. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Absolutely. It's a classic principle. And, and so it, that's going to take some discipline on our part, particularly mm-hmm. if you think old school, so to speak. Uh, the other thing is, I'm a judgy person. There's no question. Really? (laughs) You're opinionated, Dan? I think in blacks and whites. (laughs) And I'm a noisy processor. So Mm. I, you know, I'm I'm the guy that asks the inappropriate questions often Mm -hmm. um, because that's, I I process verbally, I process out loud, which is odd for an introvert. Um, But in, in the end, we have to check the judgment that clouds the conversation. Mm. Um, now, I always get back to the absolutes because I believe in absolutes. Yeah, you have to. <clears throat> but I 
<clears throat> I have to know when to introduce them. And upfront is usually not the case. And one of the ways you get back to them is by asking questions and letting the conversation hmm. work its way back to an unsolvable dilemma that can only be answered with some absolutes. Absolutely. So that's that's part of the technique question, questioning. So the Socratic method is the question of teaching through asking or the technique of question, using questions to teach. Yeah. Um, and that's a skill set that takes years to really hone, but it is super, super effective. Mm-hmm. You will always believe firmer, harder, and longer the the conclusions you reach on your own, not the ones that were dictated to you. Mm. So if you can get them to think this was their own idea, you've scored big time. Yeah, and, that's good. And so, I love that. Okay, the next one is Generation Z will listen if they think you're genuine. And this is really important. If, you, if you're manipulating them or if you're trying to get something from them or if you're trying to get them to like you. <laughs> they can uh, smell it. They can smell <laughs> it. But, you, you know, at, at, at some point, remember this. Generation Z like older people. And if you're five years older than them, then you classify as older, all right? But they're not – they like their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, may not like their values, but – and, and they won't like their grandparents if their grandparents are jerks to them. That's also – if you're rigid, if you're condescending, if you're, if you're lecturing them. Um, but if you take a genuine interest in them, if you'll let them talk without interrupting, if you'll – Roll your eyes and snicker mm-hmm. as opposed to glare and judge. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll open doors and windows into their life that otherwise you won't gain access yeah. to. But you got to decide if that's important to you. And here's the problem. For some older people, it's not important. I don't care. Let them learn the hard way. That's how I learned. Well, you know, and it's it, I, it's interesting because sometimes I'll hear my kids say things about their friends like, oh, my, my friends can't talk to their parents. And I'm like, what do you mean they can't talk to their parents? And, and I don't know if it's a perception issue. I don't know if it's kind of like they don't allow their, the kids to, to the space to ask questions. I don't even know if it feel, they feel like they don't care, like my parents don't care. But they, there is a – I think everyone in the younger generation is starving for someone to show an interest in them who's genuine. And I think that's, that's, that's what you're saying. They don't care how old you are. They just someone who who will listen to them, and cares for them, and will help them process through what they're going through. And and I think that we have to hold ourselves accountable to that value if we're working with Generation um, Z. They can break your heart. Mm. They can be disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to do some pretty stupid things that um, at times makes you makes you feel like you've wasted your time with them. Mm. Remember the long game. God is always working the long game. Mm. And we want instant change, instant right. success. Be that constant voice in their life that'll still be there after they've screwed things up and made a mess of their life and are drowning. And you're the one who walks up beside them and said, Well, you made a mess out of this, haven't you? <laughs> but you know what? Here's something you got to know about me I don't give up. Yeah. And I refuse to see you through the lens of the stupidest thing you've done so far. Mm-hmm. So let's get up. Let's get you cleaned up. Let's try to get you in the yeah. right direction. And let's see if we can if we can fix this. Yeah. So you do that patiently. Mm. Um, and they will love you for life if you do that That's to them. That's good. And in fact, in some ways, your voice will gain credibility if you're there for them when they do mess it up. That's right. And that's true for all of us. Absolutely. Because we're all going to have those instances where you, you wake up one day and say, how did I get in this mess? Well, it's because I'm an idiot. And then you don't need somebody to walk up and say, 
you're an idiot. You're an idiot. We already know that, <laughs> all right? And if you do that, you hug them and you say, yeah, you're an idiot, but I'm an idiot too. Okay, so let's get- oh. And here's the pathway forward. Yeah, here's the yeah. pathway forward. Give them hope. Yeah. All right, so we got two more left. Um, they need counseling, guidance, and therapy. Hmm. Um, this, by the way, is outside of my skill set. This is where I would turn to somebody like you. Um, but they need, they do need coaching in their life that is- that is a little more sophisticated than being a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, they live in an insecure world of doubt, celebrity, instability, uncertainty, fear, change, inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Many of them want things that they don't really need. You know, ask most kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they want to be an influencer. Not most, but a lot. <laughs> a lot of them want to be an influencer. They honestly think they're going to get rich off the internet. Yeah. Um, many of them are pursuing degrees that are going to come as a huge waste of time and money to them eventually. And they're going to be angry when they're paying off student debt for 20 years for a degree that is absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, and they're going to need somebody to process that, work through that, Hmm. to help them survive, to help them get on their feet, to help them find a job, to help them uh, take care of their family. They all, like you said in in that last episode, they all have some kind of mental health disorder that they, they, whether that's real or not, they all think they do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just need someone to tell them, no, you're just having a bad day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just because you have just because you're sad doesn't mean you're you have major depressive disorder. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's where you bring a perspective that they don't have yet because they live in the moment, but mm-hmm. you've survived many moments in your mm-hmm. life. And you can't say, well, take it from the old guy here. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to say, well, let's stop and think about it. And sometimes get them to delay decisions that they want to make now impulsively. 100%. That's great. That's why I'm really big uh, into gap years. Yes. Uh, where I wasn't. 20 years ago, I am today. Um, let them get a, uh, send them off to a Bible school gap year program. Mm-hmm. Let them get grounded in the Word of God, meet Torch some friends. Torchbearers is excellent. Yep. Word of Life in Scroon Lake and mm-hmm. in, in uh, uh, Hudson, Florida. There, there's, there's some great places. Let them get a year away from home, under their belt, serving others, thinking of others, having to live in a community, but also studying the Word of God under watchful eyes. Yeah. Then they're going to be able to make wiser decisions, at least a year wiser, and yeah. maybe more than a year, because yeah. they'll grow up a lot in that yeah. year. What do most kids do when they go to college? They get drunk. They, they party. They party. They you know they sleep around. They they barely study. They flunk out of classes, yeah. and, they, and, they, and they waste a whole lot of money. Take the same amount of money you would have spent for tuition, invested in their discipleship by using a gap year program. So I, I love that. I really urge on that. Last thing is, before we run out of time, is they're spiritually cynical, but they're very open. Hmm. We call it the rise of the nuns. Many of them get their theology from Reddit or, <laughs> or, or TikTok. Or TikTok. Um, and that's a very dangerous- The seminary of TikTok. Yeah. It's a dark, dark <laughs> hole of cynical and uh, agnosticism. Um, and here's the thing. <laughs> Many of them change their values based on people they meet. So you be the influence of the gospel in their life and have them change their attitude toward faith mm-hmm. by getting to know you mm-hmm. and by loving them and mm-hmm. by being generous with your time and attention to them uh, and journey with them. Again, I, I think I say this almost every episode, Ben, but the comment you made to me one time, it has just shaken my world a little bit, is quit seeing people as projects. Mm-hmm. And we, we, they are not our projects. Mm-hmm. We have to journey with them. Don't judge them. Yeah. And, and God is their judge. Um, that doesn't mean we don't speak right and wrong. doesn't mean we're not discerning. doesn't mean we don't warn them. But in the end, they are adults. In many generations before us, they'd have wife and kids. They'd be building a house and so forth. So physically, they're, they're old enough to be adults. We've kept them emotionally stunted 
and in some cases, the church is guilty of this spiritually stunted. Yeah. And now it's time to catch up with them. And Generation Z kids will appreciate that in their life. Yeah, that's good. Well, let me just review these as we f- finish up. Um, you know, you gave a lot of great wisdom here, but the five, uh, what we need to know and do moving forward with Gen Z is Gen Z are not millennials. Don't lump them, don't lump them together. Uh, number two, Gen Z has a lot of questions. Uh, number three, Gen Z will listen if they think you are genuine. Number four, Gen Z needs counseling and guidance and therapy. And number five, Gen Z is spiritually cynical but open. These are all great things that um, I, I think are, are wonderful uh, reminders for us, uh, should help us as we move forward. You know, one of the things that uh, we talked about we broke up into groups at the end and we just kind of talked about what, what are some things we can do on a practical level. And I remember a number of guys around the tables talked about, Hey, our kids just love to go on walks with us or they love to grab, grab coffee with us. And those, you know, go on walks with your, with these kids, go, go spend some time, some, some quality time with them without their phone and, and just really get to know them. And I think what you're going to find is that the very things that you shared with us in these last two episodes, Dan, uh, will benefit them greatly at having an impact on this generation spiritually. So um, this has been another wonderful episode of Life Talks. I hope that you, you've been challenged. I hope that you have really thought clearly about maybe what God wants you to do to be more intentional, caring, uh, open with with whether it's your children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews, or maybe it's just that those those kids that are around you. But whatever it might be, may we be open to continue pointing the next generation to Jesus. Uh, thanks again for joining us on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.